Hey guys, Tyler Mahoney here. And I'm Jeff Falkenberry. We're back for another edition of the Endless Season Outdoors Podcast. We are in April. Turkey season is near. Fishing is heating up. We got a lot of fun things to talk about today, so we hope you'll stick around. So, I want to get started just right off the bat. Man, today was an awesome day on the water on Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. Got to go out with Cody Van Etten, the Spoonbill Slayer. Connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, um, it's the first time that I've been snagging since I was, I don't know, maybe 13, 14. And that time around, it was raining, cold. We were <laughs> we were doing the, the jerking. And jerking hope. Man. <laughs> Cody's got them dialed in. We had our first fish in two minutes. Can't beat um, that. Can't beat that. We had our two fish limit between my dad and I in probably 45 minutes total. Uh, one was a 50-pounder. The other ones are smaller keepers. Interestingly, you have to keep spoonbill if they are a minimum of 34 inches long. Yep, if it's a legal fish. Now, do you know anything? Of, what's the rhyme or reason for that? I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't either. Huh. Um, I, you know, aside from, I think in like Grand Lake and areas like that, you know, they can snag a lot longer you yeah. know, down in Oklahoma, but they, uh, aren't allowed to use barbs. Mm. Um, so it's a barbless only type right. deal. Um, so with us being able to use barbs, I, I mean, I'm, this is speculation. I have no idea, but I'm assuming, you know, if that fish is torn up uh, yeah. or, you know. Something like that, I have no idea. Well, and interestingly, so we had one today that was a short, it had to go back, and it was hooked pretty good, but it didn't really leave, there was a little mark there, but it didn't tear it up terribly. You really, you really have to uh, gash one, you know, mm -hmm. to hurt them, because they don't have bones or anything, you know, they're just cartilage and meat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you'd have to gash one pretty hard to, to hurt it. We, uh, the biggest one we had was 50 and we got ours so quick, we were just messing around, and, you know, Cody's one of the contributors to Trimble Lake Fishing Intel, so we were just having a good time, chit-chatting, and he hadn't actually, he's he's in the several hundreds. I think he might even be in, like, five or six. I don't know. Does that sound right? That probably does. I mean, I, I <laughs> he swear. He does three or four trips a day. I swear, he, I swear he said that they boated over 600 fish. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. I might be misremembering that, but I know it's in the hundreds. Um, but with all those fish caught for his clients, he actually has not caught a fish himself. Oh. He's getting his clients on it. So we, he put a pole in the water and we just kind of putzed around and he hooked a giant that he got up to the boat and we, we saw it. I got camera footage. I haven't checked it yet, but he strongly believes it was a 70 plus fish, which, you know, it's not out of the ordinary, right. but... Yeah. Pretty darn nice fish. fish. Yeah. So just come off? Yeah. It was barely hooked. Oh. And it was right in the tail and it just just that right way just came right off. Popped right off. Hmm. So um no, it was fun. You know, it was uh not too many boats out there, about 15, 20 boats here in a weekday, and um, you know, the weekends right now are starting to get a little nuts. Yeah. So yeah. um warm I mean, weather. Yeah, yeah. So but things Things are heating up. That was a lot of fun. Nice change of pace. Not sure it's something I honestly really need to do again. We tried frying some up tonight, and <laughs> it wasn't something I feel like I would ever crave. You know, it's just like anything else. The folks that love it, love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ones that don't care for it, don't. I I personally don't care for it. I, yeah. I, uh, 
I love sushi. Yeah. And lots of people are like, oh, that's nasty, you know, and, and I get it. But it's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just, it's not my thing. We'll try it smoked and see. We'll get usage out of it. But, uh, you know, I did it. And I'm good. i tell you one. Um, here's a recipe if you've got some fish. Uh, trout are the same way to me. I'm not big on eating trout. Um, they just, they're just not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That for me. Yeah. Um, but we'll take them and I'll brine them. I'll get a really good seasoned brine. Boil it. Get a good season the brine, not the fish. Let it cool. Put your fish fillets in there, your trout fillets or your spoonbill mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, don't do it real long, you know, two or three hours in that brine. Then put them on the smoker. Yeah. And smoke that. Then crumble it up with, uh, and mix it with, you know, let it cool, crumble it up with cream cheese yep. and dill and some chives and put it on crackers. Mm. Top notch. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fantastic. It's kind of like wrapping stuff in bacon. Yeah. You know, if you if you do enough stuff to yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's that situation. I don't mind trout, honestly. I kind of enjoy it, but that sounds pretty good. Like Wild so. trout or park trout? Because I, mean, I don't mind wild trout. Tanny Como trout, which, yeah. <laughs> which you know, debatable yeah, on who you yeah. talk to. So I don't the dog food ones. I don't care yeah, for either. yeah, or Purina trout, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, they're fun to catch, right? Blast to go do, yeah. Just not my thing at the table, yeah. except for smoked fish dip. That's what we call it. My family calls it smoked fish fish dip. Yeah. We eat the far out of it. Heck yeah. So what's new in Jeff Falkenberry's fishing world here since we were doing our last episode? And same stuff, different day. <laughs> uh, uh, catfish today, crappie tomorrow. Catfish next two days, crappie another day mm -hmm. or two. You know, it's, um, it's never a dull moment. Uh, and we've been on the fish. Man. Yeah. We have been on the fish. What a year it's been for uh, catfishing. Uh, of course, we've had a flood year again. The lake got up to mm -hmm. 724, I think. Mm -hmm. Now it's back down to 716 range where we're still 10 foot high, but we've caught catfish on deep ledges. We've caught catfish in a foot and a half of water. Mm -hmm. We've caught catfish in soybean fields. Um, we've caught them in the brush. We've caught them in the current. We've caught them every way you can catch them mm -hmm. this year so far. And we've had some dandies. Yeah. Um, we've had them uh, 69 40s, the biggest on a blue. We had a 55 pound flathead. We've caught tons of 30 pound fish mm -hmm. and plenty over 40. Um, it's been really, really, really good. The crappie fishing's been, been really good. Um, these fish are, uh, in a pre-spawn pattern right now, so they're staging up out in these creeks. And I'm playing with a new toy right now. It's oh, yeah. called the uh, Active Target from Lowrance. It's kind of, you know, Garmin's Live Scope's been out for two or three years mm -hmm. now. Two. It's gotta be at least two. Oh, yeah. I know. So... Anyhow, um, you know, Lawrence had a couple of different deals, but they, they just now have, mm -hmm. have got the active target released. And I've had it on about a week and a half right now, and it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Now, I say mind-blowing. I I don't have a lot of experience with the live scope. Yeah. I've been on one boat that had live scope on it, and it was two years ago. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know. People say, well, is it better than live scope? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can just tell you, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's pretty awesome. And uh, I know you posted a few of those videos and seen those where, I mean, you can literally, I mean, the tail. You see the body motion of the fish. It's big fish, big spoonbill and stuff. Yeah. You can see their gill line. Mm -hmm. You can see every fin on them. You can see I mean, uh, big carp, buffalo. You see their eye. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty insane. 
So, and, and now you told me something about the cone of the transducer is a little different. It's a little narrower. So okay. I think a Garmin runs a 22 or 20 degree. Um, this is an 18 degree. So, so what's the, what does that do? What's the, yeah, it's said to be a little more detailed, mm -hmm. you know, it's what they, but, but it also makes it a little bit tougher to stay on target. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, uh, anywhere you've got that pointing is, is where it's at, but you know if the wind blows you off a little bit right. you have to you have to be sure that you yeah and uh, one thing i'm learning um is timing's everything yeah and knowing how far when you pitch out in front of the boat um knowing just by repetition mm -hmm. knowing what is 20 feet right or knowing what is is 15 feet or whatever and you see that fish coming and being able to time that pitch out to 20 feet mm -hmm. you know because we're catching some crappie now that are foot under the surface right and but they're out there 20 feet you know so you pitch it by them and as it falls past them then they begin to chase it and grab mm -hmm. it and so it's nothing new to you live scope guys but um it is absolutely incredible and user friendly yeah um i see a lot of of the Garmin folks, you know, everybody wants to know what settings this mm. and what settings that. How do you do this? How do you do that? Man, I'll tell you what, there is not much to this active target. Mm -hmm. you set your ranges and bump your contrast where you want it. Mm. I mean, it's, it's yeah. plug and play. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is freaking cool. And interestingly, like you said, you just got me thinking, because I haven't spent a lot of time with LiveScope myself, but when I have been on the boat, like with Richard and that understand now he knows every day or he's got a dial he's, in man he's like that's five feet right there i'm like oh like that he's like no that's that's 15 feet yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh yeah. okay it's real back yeah. and uh you can pick up on it pretty yeah. quick though so. yeah he's he's got her dialed in good um for my catfish trips man i'm using it catching bait yeah and i'm i'm learning what all these different fish are and and what they look like mm. on my screen um because i learned today that you know crappie will be in in unless they're on a piece of structure where it's in big yeah. all of them but you know you'll have some fish out here by themselves. there may be two to ten of them mm -hmm. you know and i was chasing some schools to catch bait for my catfish trip one morning and i'd see these schools of like a dozen or you know eight and they they look like crappie or big shad and i'd throw on them and they were drum about mm -hmm. 11 10 11 inches long mm. <laughs> which make good catfish yeah i was gonna say well. i was gonna say <laughs> and that's what we were catching all our catfish on i was like that'll work too yeah uh, but I could literally get all of them, mm. the whole school, in an eight-foot net. If there was a dozen of them, I've got her dialed in now where I throw that net, I can get them all. Wow. And I can tell you how many is in it before I bring it up. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. That That's some serious stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty certain there's probably going to be a lot of people moving to that. Just, yeah. Just for the sheer, just like, newness. Yeah, and you know, there's so many like social media pages out there um talking about it mm -hmm. and and there is for you know live scope there's there's one for hummingbird mega live which there's no no content of out mm -hmm. there yet mm -hmm. i'm sure it's coming I, right. I don't know why they're waiting but um there's just not much there but you know it's coming you know it's going to be cool yeah um but this is kind of new and you'll see uh, on pages where oh i got a bad transducer yeah um they had some kind of uh, this is from lawrence mm. um or a person at lawrence but they had a, a kind of a bad epoxy for like 112 i yep. think of the very first run well just like anything 
you're going to hear about all 112. <laughs> yeah. Even though yeah. they're getting orders for like yeah. 11,000 a week. Right. You're right. going to hear about the right. 112 bad yeah. ones. And, just, and, and it's just like, you go to a Livescope page and everybody's like, oh, I've seen people today talking about, oh, the ghost tree, they'll never get rid of that. They'll, in the new update, the new, you know, that's a big problem. Mine's a piece of junk, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Man, you just got to, you know, find what works for you. Yeah. And I'm telling you, well, that active target is unreal. And it's it's going to your point with social media. It's always like the minority that's unhappy is always the loudest. You can't hardly get someone to go leave you a positive review on your Facebook page. Yeah. But man, if they have one little thing that they want to complain about, they're all up there. And yeah. it's just it's that thought process with social media. It's very easy to air your grievances. It is. It so. is. You know, we've even seen that with Intel. Yeah. You know, it's one of the most informative pages. <laughs> right. It doesn't cost you a thing. Yeah. I mean, you have a free trial to get into yeah. it. but. But people were fussing on social media about yeah. having to pay for information. Right. Yeah. So, True Lake Fishing Tell, you, I mean, if you guys have been watching this for several episodes, you know, we're doing this in conjunction with Endless Season Guide Service and Truman Lake Fishing Intel. Truman Lake Fishing Intel is a new website that we started uh, this past year in August of 2020. And the concept is based off of BassingBob.com. Bassing Bob's been around going on eight or nine years now for Lake of the Ozarks. And it is a subscription website where you can become a paid member to get very exclusive, in-detailed fishing reports from lake experts. We're talking a whole different kind of detail than what you find on a free Facebook group. These are the top-notch guides, like the one sitting next to me, and many more that are putting up daily, weekly fishing reports. I'm calling them, interviewing them, writing the reports. This is straight from the expert's mouth. And like Jeff said, there's actually a free membership to Truman Lake Fishing Intel where you can get access to the monthly guide dinners, which are some of the most informative videos you could watch. And it's free with the free membership. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, with social media, there's folks that they're setting their ways. They, for whatever reason, think Truman Lake Fishing Intel is this money grab. And it's like, no, we provide tons of free information as well as for those who are looking for that little bit more we do have premium memberships where you get access to the fishing reports, but there's a ton of free content and it's straight from the experts. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. And I dialogue with a lot of folks that for whatever reason, they haven't taken the time to understand it before they say something negative. Yeah. And I know you had a little, little deal this week yeah. on, on, I had seen some of that. But yeah. Well, a lot of folks don't understand. So a lot of time, goes into this and, yep. and if you don't think your time's worth anything then you wouldn't get on a free facebook page to see what the fish are doing before you go right you got to think about it if my time's worth anything right my time's worth something your time's worth something right and so if your time is worth going to a facebook page to see if the fish ask if the fish are biting <laughs> before going fishing you have to realize that this guy's time's worth something. Yeah. Uploading websites, interviewing people from all over the state, getting this information, that information. So um, I just had seen, that's the bittersweet part of social media. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, if, uh, you know, one wrong thing, everybody's going to call you out on it or, or what they think is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but you could do 10 good things and you never hear of it. What's pretty funny is, uh, 
you know, one of the folks on social media, so I, I participate in social media a lot, trying to get the word out about what we're doing because it is pretty unique and very informative uh, compared to what's out there available now. And uh, one of the guys was like, Tyler, you have all your buddies talking about this. Like, and these were not my buddies. These were other members of Truman Lake Fishing and Tech. I saw that. that I saw were, those, some of those guys were like, I don't even know that guy. You're right, you're right. <laughs> and, and so there's these folks that are commenting on these pages and these groups and saying, just join, just just get a premium membership and you'll have all the information you want, which is true. You won't have to go ask. <laughs> right. You know, somewhere else. Right. Just pull it up and look at it. And, there it is. And, Boom. And these other people are accusing me of like putting them up and like, no, I don't know those people. <laughs> and they commented like, I don't know Tyler. Like the website's just that good. So yeah. it's just kind of funny. But no, I mean, it's good to clarify for folks that are watching this that maybe hadn't looked into it. it it's it's a really great resource. There's a ton of articles and news because it's not just fishing reports. We do tournament coverage as well. We have the most updated Navionics map on it where you can interact with Navionics and scroll all over the lake, see all yeah. kinds of detail, um, tons of photos and videos. I mean, just an outrageous amount. Since we started in August of 2020, mid-August of 2020, we have over 400 fishing reports. Yeah. When you ask how often it's updated, that's a lot more than one a day. Yeah. Uh, so we're not even a year old. Not even we're still five months out, four months out from being a year old. So and this may not have you know a whole lot to do with the outdoors, but in a sense it does because yeah. social media has become such huge, huge part of the hunting and fishing community, um, both on a positive side and yeah. unfortunately a negative side. Yeah. Um, but you know there's enough hate in the world. Yeah. You know. Um, We've we've talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, somebody posts a picture of him holding up a deer, and and he gets three out of boys, and then ten should let him go another year. Don't be that guy. <laughs> You're right, man. Don't be that guy. Um, same way with a fish. Right. You know, well, that's a big one. You should have turned it back. Don't be that dude, mm -hmm. man. I mean, I just I saw one of those the other day in a Stockton fishing group. Someone kept a. Keep your smallmouth bass, and you'd have thought the world was ending. I guarantee you, man. <laughs> you know, as 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 bad as it may seem, God made everybody different for a reason. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, like I said, there's enough hate out there. Don't be that guy on on Facebook. It reminds me of a funny story. So, kind of my background, because I'm I'm not an expert angler. My buddies like Jeff and Richard and Cody, you know, they help make the world go round with this Truman Lake fishing intel. I try to hold my own, but you can't hardly do it against these guys. They're awesome. But uh, my background growing up in hunting and fishing, I got into communication and all that and did the Kansas City Star Fishing Report for a few years. I think I told you this story. Yeah. But the very first week of my fishing report, one of the resources for uh, River, the White River, I believe, he sends me his report. I put it in there, edit it the way it needs to be edited. But one of his lines was something about add a little lead weight to get your fly down in the water. And the very, very first report I did, and this lady writes in and, oh my gosh, how could you advocate for the use of lead in fishing? <laughs> and, and, and like this two or three paragraphs into the editor, by the way, I never met the editor in person before I got the gig. Like it was all email. We didn't even have a phone call. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. So I thought, oh, I'm done. Like, it's <laughs> over. It's over. And like calling me a horrible conservationist, all this stuff. And he just said, he just said to take out the word lead. Or no, no. His initial response was, 
Tyler, looks like you're making friends already. <laughs> and I I laughed. I was like, oh, thank God. And, uh, and I just responded back. I was like, man, I don't know what the heck is going on there. He's like, don't worry about it. If you're not getting stuff like this written into the paper, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. And uh, he just said, take out the word led. Just, just say add. Just add some weight. Yeah. And I was like, okay, easy enough. So for the next three years, every time he'd send me that report, I'd... Delete the word. Delete lead. the word. Lead. So, yeah. kind of funny, but, but just something to keep in the back of your mind when you're scrolling or uh, you see something, and automatically your mind triggers. Oh, I ought to think about it before yeah. you put that on there. Because right. I saw a guy yesterday had posted something about the the game warden just checked him and he's heading downstream on whatever uh-huh. you know. And I mean, guy got hammered, like hammered. For, they just people pounded him for people because for, they're like. They're like, what do you care? Just mind the laws and let everybody do their business. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, man. So they were mad that he was giving people a heads up that, that the, the game, game warden was, was in the area? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they used to flash their lights on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you knew yeah. the cop was down the road. Yeah. Uh, but just just don't be that guy. Right. We got to get off of that. Because <laughs> yeah. Well, the one last thing I was going to add to it is just un- kind of unrelated, but it's like, to your comment, when you're getting ready to comment, you're like, eh, wait a sec. Like, just don't do it. Curse words. Like, when you have to physically type out yeah. the F word or any other yeah. curse word, it's like, wait a second. You're yeah. taking time to type that. Yeah. Just just stop. That's yeah. a little unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, it happens. And we all, I mean, we're all guilty of thinking it or typing <laughs> right. it or saying it or whatever, right. man. Just... I don't know. If you take anything away from this, just try to do better on social media. Man. Yeah. We watch this stuff. I don't comment. Uh-huh. Um, I won't debate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 99% of my time, you can go through most of my stuff. I won't even defend myself. <laughs> if somebody says something crazy, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to engage. Right. Right. Um, one, it's hard for me to disengage. Right. But I just don't engage. And, and a lot of times... You know, people say, well, we, we'd like some information. Y'all know me. I'll help anybody with anything. I'll give you whatever I got. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, I've always been that way. I was raised that way, and that's how it's mm-hmm. going to be. But I often find when I post something, I'll get a lot of comments. I love it. Keep them coming. Um, but a lot of them, when I start getting questions, if I answer one or two, I'm going to get 300. Days. Yeah. You know, so it's. It's it's just one of those things. It's not I'm ignoring anybody or anything like right. that. It's just I think, man, I better not do that because it'll just lead into the next three days of commenting on this post. Well, and I mean, I'm busy and like my schedule doesn't even compare when you're doing trips. A lot of times doubles. Like I can only imagine you've got so many messages coming <laughs> in, calls every yeah. single day. Yeah. So that can be overwhelming. You, just you fish all day and phone all night. Right. Ask my wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, she does. She, she helps you kind of stay organized. She, she does. Yeah. Dude. She is a godsend. <laughs> but, but there is times when she's yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, it's uh eight o'clock. Right. I think we're done answering." Right. But, Goodness gracious. Well, so a little bit more on the fishing. Crappie are. It's you know we're here in early April. It's gonna be turn it on here we're starting to see some males um yeah you, know, you guys always know it when the spawn starts getting close and you start throwing those fish in a live well the bucks uh we, we call it putting their tuxedos on they start yeah. turning really black yeah they're starting to do that 
they're getting really excited. The water temperature is warming up. You know, we're finding water. I found water today that was 58 degrees. Mm. Um, so it's starting to get there. As soon as these days get close to 14 hours, yeah. I think you're going to start seeing some of those fish start to push up towards structure. Yeah. Um, barring any huge rains or anything like that, they're still running the dam right now, yeah. but the, the lake's still falling. I wouldn't say rapidly, but it's falling at a good tick. And, you know, in another week to two weeks, if they get it down a little bit yeah. and say, okay, that's enough, um, a good stable stable yeah. pool for spawn would be really handy. Yeah. Well, and I think it was at 716.3 something when I checked yeah. here just a little bit ago. Um, and it brings up a good point because one of the topics I had forgotten to written, write down, but just now remember, Big Bass Bash is coming yeah. <laughs> not this weekend, but the following weekend. You can sign up online. Um if you search Anglers in Action or Big Bass Bash on Google, uh, you can find it. Uh, it is a tournament that's geared towards amateurs. Guides are not allowed to fish it. Uh, folks that spend a certain amount of money on tournament entry fees a year are not allowed to fish it. If you win a certain amount of money a year, you're not allowed to fish it. It is really geared towards the amateur angler. They're expecting, I believe, 2,500 to 3,000 boats. This is the first time they've opened it up to Truman Lake. Typically, it's only on Lake of the Ozarks. So the thing with Truman is it's been really high. And if you talk to like our pro bass guys, you know, it's not super ideal for bass right now. I was talking to uh, Darren Lankford earlier. He's like, man, if it can just level out, just level out. And he said it should turn on pretty quick. Yeah. The thing is, and we've got some videos at Truman Lake Fishing Intel right now with David McCormick, who makes his lake prediction, which lake's gonna pull the big fish out. I'm not gonna spoil it, you gotta go to the website. But uh, which bait and how much weight it's gonna take and goes through the spring pattern. But Lake of the Ozarks and Truman together, uh, there's gonna be some big fish caught. I mean, yeah. there was a, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend, but there was a nine pounder caught out of Lake of the Ozarks in yeah. the Anglers in Action Tournament. A nine pounder and two sevens. Like yeah. seven normally wins big bass yeah. in the tournament. Nope. Someone pulled a nine pounder out of there, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see where folks go. Um, but number one, first place, biggest fish of the weekend wins a hundred thousand dollars. That's quite the prize. That's not peanuts. No, second place wins twenty grand. I believe third place wins ten grand, if I remember correctly. And then they have a bunch of payouts every two hours. So even if you don't catch big fish, if you play it right, you weigh in a five and a half, six pounder in the right, you know, nine to 11 time frame, you could take home a few hundred bucks. And if you do that several times throughout the weekend, you might walk home with, uh, you know, a thousand dollars or Are you more. fishing it? No. Why? Well, I haven't asked. I'm not sure that they would let me because of the website. Um, even though I'm not, I'm not a professional fisherman, I'm not a tournament angler, uh, I'm not a guide, but I, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to ask, <laughs> so, uh, but we, you know, we'll, we'll see. It would be more just for fun. So I will be there covering the tournament. Um, either the weigh-ins on Truman are at Osage Bluff and Sterrett Creek. So I will at a minimum, if I'm not fishing, I will be at those docks and, oh, you know what? I can't fish it. My, one of my, well, Peyton, uh, he's got a baby shower that Saturday. Yeah. Just now. So I don't even, I keep thinking and forgetting about that because hunting and fishing fills my mind more than <laughs> pretty much everything else. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that ain't going to happen. But somebody's going to win a hundred grand that weekend, and it's going to be a big deal. We hope it's Truman. That'd be really, really cool considering it's the first year they're doing it. I believe they'll be back in the fall as well. Um, 
I need to check that, but I do believe they'll be back in the fall, and I think that one, they're, they're going to see how this one goes to decide if they're going to open it to Truman again. But well, it's really muddy here, yes. you know, and especially at, like over on the Tebow arm, I was over there on Sunday. Actually, I was baptized in Truman Lake. Yeah. Um, and it, the water's brown, mm. brown, 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 brown. And that was on the Tebow. And that's from pulling, you know, that damn pulling real hard. Driving over the mile-long bridge today, freaking Grand Arm was chocolatey brown. looking. Yeah. Um, and that water had to be a little, uh, little chilly. Even at it was, <laughs> but it was seventy some degrees outside. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, I come out, I was like, I didn't even need a towel. I was yeah. gonna shake it off. I was like, man, this is pretty. That's all right. <laughs> now, was there anyone else doing that with you, by the way? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's been something I've been wanting to do for a while. I never was baptized yeah. as a child. Uh -huh. You know, we're pretty active in the church and stuff like that. And, and uh, it was someone wanted to do it. I went to my pastor and I was like, hey, I want to do this. I did this like right. probably months ago, and. He was like, well, let's do it. Yeah. Know? And I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll do it when it gets warmer sometime. And then, you know, I just, yeah. Lord kept kind of putting it on me. And I was yeah. like, oh, let's do it like Sunday. Right. Right. <laughs> so we did. And then there was actually some, uh, some more of my family, actually some cousins, yeah. some, some of the younger kids and stuff. Oh, very um, cool. You know, they were like, yeah, we're in. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So. That's cool. that's pretty cool. It's really special pretty too. Exciting. I mean, just obviously a big personal thing, but also not just from the spiritual side, but just your roots in the yeah. area. That's really yeah. really cool. That'd be cool if they, a lot. if they uh, maybe did that a little more often. Yeah, that'd be really neat. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that would love to do it. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, really, really the cool. world's going. They need to. Do <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we all need to. I know what you mean. So, um, well. We've talked a lot of fishing, um, but, I mean, I don't know. Jeff and I had talked about this. If I could do one thing the rest of my life, and only one thing. Turkey hunt. It would be turkey hunt. Killing Goblin Toms in April. and uh, Youth weekend is this weekend. Yes, this weekend. And uh, we're seeing strutters. You saw, you saw some turkeys saw today out around Truman. Yep. They're starting to do their oh, thing. They weren't around treatment. Oh, yeah. You were talking to me when I was almost home. <laughs> oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, but uh, no, they're doing their thing. They're strutting. They're they're still a little still bunched up. Yeah, they're still still, bunched still up. grouped up around us too a little bit. And um, that's not a bad gig though. Yeah. And you know that. Let's talk a little bit about youth season coming up this weekend. Um, you know, as a, as a mentor, if you're taking a juvenile out. Uh, make sure you have your turkey tag per purchased. Yeah. Um, your turkey tag and their turkey tag, obviously, right. but you you need to uh, be a, a, a permit holder have as an well. turkey tag. Yep. And uh, you know, shoot your guns. Yep. Um, everybody, I've seen a bunch of my buddies have been out, and some of them even got turkey loads from me. Um, a bunch of my buddies have been out, and they've been patterning shotguns and stuff like that, and just get that that juvenile ready for what boy or girl, whatever you know, get them ready for for the shot. Um, Bunched up turkeys, you know, one of the main things is, uh, I, you know, you're always calling to the gobbler when he's right, gobbling right. and stuff too. But but right now, if you can get his hen, these hens are really, really vocal right now. And with them being bunched up like that, if you can get those hens really talking, even if you don't hear a gobble, mm -hmm. man, call those hens in because mm -hmm. they're so bunched up right now. He'll be right there with her. Yep. And, uh, and but they're, we're hearing some hens um, now that are really, really, yeah. really fired up. And, and the gobbler's... We're hearing some goblin, yeah. but not like on fire yeah. goblin. Yeah. And but the hens are really, really yeah. Really. Um, and I have 
a little story to add to that. But first, I wanted to just get your take on something, just kind of random, small. Um, I see a lot of folks every year when they are patterning their shotgun, especially with kids, they'll go put a paper plate, you know, old little pumpkin from the fall that's still hanging around, and they put it out there 30 yards and they shoot. And if it falls or moves, like, okay, you're on. Okay, fine. Teach their own. But I tend to think there probably needs to be a paper with a turkey head <laughs> on it just to really see. I mean, I don't know. Does it matter? I mean, if they can hit that little thing, do you think that's enough confidence to know they're going to make a clean shot? Um, yeah. What we find and what I find in doing the youth clinics yeah. with um, Mr. Johnny and, and Lynn yeah. Everhart yeah. Uh, doing those, we did a lot of... We'd take a dowel rod or a stick okay. with a pop can on it. Yep. That's and they would shoot that pop can because when you get a paper target with the turkey head, yeah, then you know the bead goes on that turkey head, but you got this much target, so it right. can kind of float yeah. all over. And I, okay, I'm good. You right. know, with the pop can on it, you're shooting at such a small target. Right. You know, biggest thing is keep your head down on that gun. Yeah. If you kids are watching this. You make sure you keep your head down on that gun. Don't raise your head up yeah. right about the time you shoot. But if you shoot at that pop can on a stick at 20 or 30 yards, then you know you got to be right on that target. Right. And then, you know, if you've got, you know, 20 pellets in that pop can, you're in good Well, game. and it's about the size of a turkey head. It's kind of aim small, miss small, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you know, when you got this these big, big papers... Yeah, you got a lot of target to hit. Yeah, you know, but if you've got that pop can, and it's like you said, it's just like a turkey mm -hmm. head, and it's, and it's aim small, miss small. Keep your head down on that gun, put that bead right on it. Yep, let it rip. Yep. So anyway, I just want to get your take on that. That is a really cool, nice little tip. Um, to your point about the hens, though. So I was lucky enough to travel on up to old Nebraska here in the last. Well, it was it was last weekend. My good buddy, Joey Perpera, he's a uh, Midwest Land Group agent. You've probably seen his signs all mm -hmm. over the place. Um, he has uh, a buddy that he went to college with that owns some land up there in Nebraska. Now, Nebraska, you can start bow hunting turkeys in March, late March. Yeah. And uh, he called me on Thursday morning. He's like, hey, I think we need to go to Nebraska this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, what do you mean you think? Like, do we have access somewhere? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me, I'll call you back. He calls me back at 10 o'clock that night. He's like, we're good. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I didn't have any of my stuff. So I drove up from our house in Joplin, came to Clinton, got all my stuff, drove from here up to southern Nebraska. It was about a six and a half, seven hour day dealing with all that. And uh, Friday night, we're there scouting for turkeys. And long story short is, they weren't on the property we had access to. We didn't even wake up early on Saturday because we knew we were going to have to go get permission. And right. it's still doable. Like You can still get permission. Now, I think in our case, it worked out a little better that we had a person in the area that we knew that uh -huh. we could use as a reference. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, it was pretty easy. For whatever reason, these farmers up there, they were not too fond of turkeys. Yeah. And uh, Joey, he's just really good at getting permission. There's a little bit of an art to it. To be honest, you know, they always talk about don't wear camo, don't show up the day of. I mean, we weren't in camo at the time, but, like, we had our binos. You know, I mean, it was clear what we were doing was turkey right. hunting, and farmer happened to be out in, in front of his house. We drove up, and Joey just went up and talked to him. was like, hey, I'm Joey, and we're out here turkey hunting, but gosh darn it, 
all the turkeys are on your place <laughs> and not on ours. And so that's kind of how he struck yeah. up the conversation. And the guy's like, yeah, just go for it. And uh, he's like, if you see someone else hunting, I told someone else they could hunt, just tell them you talk to me. It was like the greatest kind of farmer you want to talk to. Yeah, but, sure. Know, at the same time, the worst kind, because he's he kind of... He lets everybody know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, it worked out and got another 2,000 acres. We got set up on them. Snuck in within 100 yards using the train, set up the blind. Jake decoy, breeding hen decoy, alert hen decoy, feeding hen decoy. So three hens and a jake. Like a spread. Yes. <laughs> and we had them set at 10 yards. We were in the blind. It was one of the really nice Primos blinds, and we were wearing all black inside. And uh, we knew they were there. We knew they were right over the hill in this little cattle pasture. They were flipping cow patties. Mm -hmm. They were getting yep. little bugs and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so... We called just enough to let them know we were there. This was a big flock. Little did we know the entire flock was coming in within 15 <laughs> yards in about an hour. And uh, the hens came in first. They were the first ones yep. that came to check it out. And once they came in, all of a sudden you just start to see these red heads popping up over the hill, all these other hens. And uh, before we knew it, we had 43 turkeys within 20 yards of us. And we couldn't get a shot for the longest time. There were seven or eight jakes, seven or eight toms. The toms are trying to come in. The jakes run them off. Their gobbles are puny. Yeah, Com they're <laughs> Nothing like the Easterns that we have here in Missouri. And, but they were full-grown toms, and finally two made their way. Joey got his, and the jakes just beating up mm -hmm. on it. They all run off, chasing each other around, and finally another tom sneaks his way back in. I shoot him, and uh, anyway, we ended up with filling. We both had two tags, and we got them both. And <laughs> they after the first two, they left, and we were sitting there celebrating, and we we're like, okay, I guess we're done, and they're gone, and we were filming our closing video, and all of a sudden they started gobbling again, and they didn't go far apparently because they came right back, <laughs> and we got two more. So. Um, that was really cool, and just like any longsburg birds, not really. Yeah. There, there was a the, yeah, there are two year olds, yeah. and there was one that was pushing an inch. You know, the yeah. beards were they're just not like an no. eastern. No. They're just the beards weren't as full or as long, really. And um, those are Rio's. Well, a Rio Miriam cross, uh, probably Rio Miriam because they. I don't know. I I didn't really notice too much of light coloration. Honestly, it didn't yeah. on the toms. The jakes were pretty light colored. The hens were very smoky colored, very yeah. smoky. I'd never seen it. I mean, they were gray. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of it was kind of cool seeing them up close. We got some cool footage that uh, we got up on YouTube and um, just a really neat experience. And and it just to Jeff's point, you get the hens in. They're like little scouts coming to check things when they're bunched up like and, that. And the hens were posturing up on. Oh yeah. And they were they were aggressive, and that's really all it took to get everybody coming in. Yeah. Um. So that was a really neat experience, and it got me fired up to start doing a lot I'm so more. ready, dude. I'm, I'm just ready to turkey hunt. Ready to turkey hunt. Right. So, back to the youth season, you can, unlike in the regular season, you can hunt all day long. Yep. So, you know, I've got a little kid that doesn't like getting up super early. Yep. It's not the end of the world. Although, I would highly recommend you get them out there so they can experience that on the roost gobbles. The, on the roost gobbles, the owls going, the screech owls going, and those turkeys responding to it, and the crow calls. It, that If you want to make a turkey hunter for life, that needs to be part of the experience, if at all possible. Um, but at the same time, Jeff probably will agree with this, 
birds can be kind of finicky early in the morning, oh, especially yeah. when they're hens. And yeah. when you get one goblin, 10 o'clock, midday, there's a pretty darn good chance if you can get in and not bump them, that bird is very killable. Yeah. So um, with that said, you know, Jeff, what kind of tips or tactics do you have for late morning, midday hunt, or maybe even an afternoon sit since the use can do that? A lot of times, like afternoons, um, what I like to do is just get into a known strut zone mm -hmm. that may be close to a roost. You know, if you know that they roost down in the cottonwoods on the South 40, um, you know, I, would, I wouldn't get right under the roost, but I would get between where you've seen those birds mm -hmm. and that roost and try to catch them coming back through. Um, if you can get him gobbling, you know, it'll work just, it'll work at three o'clock just like it does at 8 a.m. Um, and we've done it many a times on mm -hmm. the youth weekend. You know, if you can get him gobbling, he'll come just like, yep. just like a morning gobbler would. Um, but a lot of times if you know where they're roosting, you know, try to get between A and B, obviously, yeah. um, their, their, their position. Um, uh, but again, early like this, if you can get those hens fired mm -hmm. up, man, that's the ticket when the birds are still bunched up. Um, <clears throat> if they're, another thing is, and just like you said, sometimes Jake decoys early when they're bunched up like that isn't always right. the greatest it can be a deterrent if if a two-year-old's had his butt whooped by a group of jakes <laughs> yeah. and he comes out and sees a you know two-year-old long beard and he comes out and sees that jake decoy he'll turn around and walk right yep. off i've seen it a hundred times yep um so sometimes when they're still bunched up you know i don't know is a, a jake decoy is the greatest uh on private ground a strutter is pretty tough to beat mm -hmm. when they're bunched up like this uh um for whatever reason they'll come out to a strutter but just a Jake decoy, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, but it you know get those hens talking even if he won't gobble. They're not gobbling. They're gobbling some, and some days are better than others. But yeah. they're not really just burning it down a whole whole bunch. But the hens are really talking. If you can get her going, he'll come with her. I had every intention this morning of waking up early and listening and. Didn't quite make it out. Yeah. But I did I did get out to check some cameras uh, after 8 o'clock, and 9 o'clock rolled around, and there was one sounding off pretty yeah. good. Okay. And I thought, man, I would kill you today <laughs> if it were season. So, yeah. Um, but no, you know, with the kids, too, and, and you and I have talked about this, it's really awesome, and my favorite way to do it, you know, get in, set up against a tree, get in the brush, and, and whatnot. But when it comes to kids... Having a blind is probably, especially a younger kid, 10 yeah. or under, especially a new one that has never been out. Yeah. Being in that blind is... It'll, able to move a you, little bit. You can get away with a little bit more stuff than you otherwise would because they just don't fully understand yet their eyesight is yeah. out of control. Yeah. Um, and so that can make it a little more fun. Um, cause I mean, I know kids that have gone out and hunted hard and sat next to trees and them not being able to move or talk or do anything was, it took away from that kid's experience and maybe wanting their desire to go do it again wasn't as high right. as other ones that were able to go sit there and, and, and be in the blind, move around and, and be comfortable. Um, it's just a fine line that you got to know, you know, how old your kid is, what their experience level is to, to kind of know what the best route is to take so, yeah for sure but but no i'm i'm super pumped and there's gonna be some turkeys killed i can't wait to see 
some pictures. I think the weather is supposed to be pretty good. It's supposed to be nice. Yeah, it's supposed to be really nice. Um, and speaking of, so that kind of brings us to one of the other things. We talked about this last time that mushrooms were getting ready to get going. Uh, but now they're going. Um, Guys finding a few red ones. Yep. Quite a few red ones, actually. Yep. And then uh, some of the black morels or smoky morels. Uh, yep. Not the little grays, but mm. the actual black morels. Um, they're starting to find quite a few of those. Yeah. So. And I haven't looked at all yet. Honestly, I'm, I don't know that I've ever looked this early. Uh, there's black morels, the little yep. grays, or yellow morels. Yep. Um, so the yellows are the ones that I like to. Yellows the, and the whites. Yeah, they yeah. get get big. Um, so we'll be getting out after. I do have a red mushroom, or a, what do they call those two beef eaters or beef steaks? Beef steaks. Yeah. Beef steaks. Got a little. Some people call them beef steaks. That's, okay. It's really confusing. Man. So I don't. I can't remember if we talked about this, but beef steaks are technically they are edible. Yeah. But they are poisonous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been eating them for a long time. Yeah. I'm not saying go eat a bunch of them. I'm not gonna tell you that because they can make you sick. Some people they do make sick. They make my little brother very, very, very sick. Yeah. Um, but me, I've been eating them for a long time, and I'll eat two or three messes of them. Yeah. Just, just kind of a, a uh, pregame to morel time. Yeah. Um, you know, some people. Say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're eating poisonous. <laughs> I don't know. So the deal is. The MDC has a very good mushroom identification book. There's also a group on Facebook called Mushroom, mushroom Identification. Uh, Morel Mushroom. That, that's the Missouri Morel Hunters. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a group that's Mushroom Identification. You post a photo and they, they manage it really well. We're like, you basically have a bunch of mushroom experts that are answering your questions on what they give you the scientific Perfect. name. It, it, I recommend joining it if you have questions. But the MDC book is really awesome. Carry it around a little pack with you. Open it up because you're going to run across all kinds of mushrooms. Oh, and yeah. it is kind of interesting because there's a lot of other really good mushrooms out there. Um, but they talk about with mushrooms that are semi-poisonous, um, you know, put some, cook it, put it in your mouth, take it out. See if you have a reaction if you never tried it. And if you don't have a reaction, okay, take a bite and just have very, very small amounts of it because like you said every person's different and it can i mean it can mess you up if you're oh. one of the, if you're one of those people that is not good with it it can mess up your liver all kinds of stuff yeah. so it's better to be safe than sorry especially identifying the mushroom um one of the other mushrooms that i find quite a bit in the springtime is called a pheasant back yeah um right. and the really fascinating thing about these you can pretty much guarantee See what it is when you see it. They're very cool. I mean, it looks like the coloration of pheasant feathers on it. But if you pick it and smell it, it smells like watermelon. Yeah. And it absolutely smells like watermelon. And they are edible. You got to do some stuff to it to make it a little better. But um, I've ever since I got that book, I'm like, oh, well, look at that, look at that, look at that. Uh, I've yet to find a chicken of the woods. Hen of the woods, yep. Yep. Well, there's chicken, yep, chicken the and there's hen. Yeah. I have found a hen of the woods on our place. And the deer antlers, the corals or whatever they're called. Uh, I don't know if I've seen those. We've ate those, lots of those. There's the lion's mane mushroom that's like white and stringy. Apparently it's really good. That's Never the same one. N okay. No, that's, I mean, different. No way. Never found one of those. I'll tell you what, I have found a chicken of the woods at the miles, hundreds of miles I've done walking out here remote from the city. 
the chicken of the woods was in the middle of Kansas City in a little 20-acre strip <laughs> off State Line Road in a little <laughs> apartment area that I lived in. And uh, it was old. I missed it. It was just mm. kind of hardened up. But Chantrells are good. Yeah. And I don't know. I probably walked by a bunch of them. And you, probably, you can find those in your yard. Yeah. But Chicken of the Woods and Hen of the Woods are really good. Mm -hmm. We The one hit in the woods that I found weighed almost 15 pounds with it, they get massive yeah and they were fantastic um oyster mushrooms that's a that's more of a i found a bunch of those in the fall um but those are really good and you can go buy those in the store too but it's really cool when you can find them forage yep. them you're like oh, i'm really living off the land now yep so yep. so really uh really neat and folks i mean folks are finding them like you said right here in the immediate area yeah um there are some morels like regular the little grays that yeah. are being found in southwestern missouri like jeff said it's Mo missouri morel hunters i want to say on I facebook that's right yeah um or missouri confirmed finds one of the two and and they basically they require you before they even post your picture you have to have a receipt or newspaper that mm -hmm. shows the date that that was the day and hold it next to the mushroom and uh, so, and they have a map where they'll add a little morel to the map as it progresses further north. So they're starting to pop. I wouldn't tell you to just go run into the woods just yet. No. Um, for me, it'll be another. No, you scare all your turkeys away. Right. Stay out of the turkey area. So much going on. Yeah. You know, this time of year, mid April, the hummingbirds are going to start coming through yeah. Missouri here pretty quick. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's always middle April. Uh, Frost seeding the uh, the clover, clover starting to creep up now. Yep. That's why I love seeing that clover, just lush green clover. But yeah, we got you can plant that about any time. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. If you do it on snow, it freaking melts into the ground. It's really nice. I I didn't seed ours until uh, early March, and so is what it is. Got got some rain right after, and it's starting to pop up pretty good. But. Um, the hummingbirds are, I say humming, like, like, hummingbirds. The, like the grass. Missouri. Yeah, but uh, hummingbirds are a big deal. And in the summertime, my dad will have about 14 of, and he's he's making the sugar water like two or three times a week and fill, and they go through that stuff. Like Oh, my wife's the same way. Yeah. And then and she'll get out on the porch and we have, on our front porch, we've got these chairs and she's got our feeders and those things will come down. And get right in front of her face and just hover there. Yep. If you stick out your finger right by the feeder and just stand there very still, they will sometimes land on your mm -hmm. finger. Um, just kind of a random hummingbird story. A couple of them. Uh, I've had one flying in my truck <laughs> that I had to catch. Uh, I, and I, I've caught three, actually, by hand. Um, now, you make a really loud peep when you're holding yeah, them in your hand. Yeah. Whistle. Now, once you get them in your hand, they're real tiny and you can be real delicate and if you just open up your hand, those kind of pop up and just mm -hmm. sit, and then they're <laughs> gone. Um, but I had one, and this was not intentional, and uh, I had one of those Zara spooks, those yellow, green, like just really chartreuse and bright. And I, to this day, I, I keep thinking that it had to have thought it was a flower. But I was up in Lee Summit fishing this lake, I was walking along from one spot on the bank about 100 yards to another spot. And I set my stuff down, I reach up to unhook my lure, and I'm kind of jittery when it comes to just creepy, crawly, whatever. And I, there was this thing on the lure, and I, whoa, what the <laughs> hell? And so 
I looked at it I, and, and I thought, okay, that's a leaf. And no, I was like, oh my God, that's a, a hummingbird. <laughs> it was hooked on the Zara Spook. Uh, and it wasn't like I hooked it, wound right, it in, and right. I was walking along, broad behind my shoulder, on it and got hooked. landed on it and got hooked. And so it was just barely hooked underneath some feathers, and I got it undone. It sat on my hand and then flew off. But I mean, I'll never do that. No, in my life. that'll never happen again in my life. Yeah. And I, I just, to this day, I just gotta believe it. Thought it was a flower trying yeah. to go in and get some, some kind bright. of yeah. some kind of nectar. Um, so that uh, was pretty fascinating. Yeah, pretty cool. But. Uh, but anyway, just like Jeff said, there's so much exciting stuff. Get out and explore. Um, it's a you know, great time of year, man. Yeah, and there's just so much public land in Missouri if you don't have your own place to go. Um, so much, especially right here around the Clinton and Warsaw area. So much core ground to explore. Um, man, Missouri's just an awesome state to do outdoors activities this time of year. Yep, it is. It's... it's 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 really easy to go and be successful in the springtime. Mm -hmm. You know whether it's fishing, whether it's in the outdoors, whether it's mushroom hunting, whether it's whatever. Um, you know it's 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 always fun to get outside, but it's even funner to get outside and be successful. And this is the time of year to do it. I'll tell you when you know it's spring. I pulled a tick off of myself. Oh yeah. yeah, we um, had a couple. Of, we had some of those. Yeah, crawling, crawl, crawling on me. Luckily, wasn't in me yet um but it was crawling on me i was actually i was meeting steve blake having a little drink with him at, down there at the valley bar in mm -hmm. warsaw and he's like there's a tick crawling on your neck <laughs> grabbed it um but yeah so you know it's definitely getting to be that time things are warming up it's pretty cool on the photos if you run trail cameras pay attention you can get some really cool photos of the deer coming out of their winter coat and it just it they look mangy yeah they look mangy but it, it's pretty neat yeah. to see it and I've got some deer already starting to grow their nubs, and I have one buck that's still, still holding. He's still got him. He will hold. He's got to be. He dropped last year somewhere between April 7th and April 9th. Um, so we're getting close. I know mm -hmm. he, the last picture we had of him was going into our property. I've got pictures of him one mile that way, one mile at the end of this other part of the lease that we have, and then another 0.75 miles to the south. So... Trying to triangulate this dude's sheds is going to be a little difficult, but... He's covering ground. Yeah, he is. I happened to stumble on his sheds last year while I was turkey hunting. So I had just killed a bird and was walking out, yeah. and they just happened to be there. So, um, you know, the other thing, too, about spring just got me thinking um, before we wrap up. <sighs> Snakes come out this time of year, and I'm, I'm just... I'm a little averse to snakes. I don't mind most snakes. I bring it up because you always hear folks talking about the water moccasins around <laughs> Truman Lake. Have you seen a water moccasin no. around Truman in your lifetime? Uh -uh. Yeah, because they don't come this far up. <laughs> it's so northern I, water snakes yeah, most yep. of the time. Yep. But um, copperheads. I don't like copperheads. I'm now, how many copperheads do you run around? Do you, oh, lots of them. Really? Yeah. So here's something interesting. On our place here in northwest of Clinton. In the almost nine years that we've been here, have not seen a copperhead a single time. Yeah. Down yeah. Warsaw. You got dirt. Yeah. Warsaw, copperheads everywhere. Rocks. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Clay and rocks, you know. Yeah. That's like at my mom's, my brother's place out there. I mean, it's copperheads all over the place, mm. you know. But at my place, you don't, you don't ever see one. Yeah. So, you know, I got black dirt. They got mm. clay and rocks. Mm-hmm. 
Those things have live babies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, that just gave me the chills. Like <laughs> one of the worst things I ever seen is, you know. Obviously, if you can catch them and relocate them, that is obviously best. Mm -hmm. But we had a situation where this wasn't a catch and relocate mm -hmm. deal. And my grandpa had it with a piece of, uh, it was a, a shepherd's hook mm -hmm. that my grandma's bird feeder was hanging on. Right. And actually had squished it enough in the middle trying to get it to move mm -hmm. that those babies went all slithered Oh, around. no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it was gross. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Because that was probably right around the house, I assume. Yeah. yeah. It was on the front step. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're not supposed to kill them, but in those situations, yeah, yeah that I think it's pretty much <laughs> it's pretty much condoned. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a snake relocator. Yeah. Like, we have black snakes at home. They get in the chicken house. Yeah. They do this. I grab them by the tail and carry them over the fence and Man. point them the other direction. They just give me the heebie-jeebies. We got this old building over here. Full of old stuff that the previous property owner had stored in there, and he passed away, and his kids didn't want any of it because it was all junk. But there was this big coil of black hose, water hose, <laughs> and there's this giant black snake lives in there. He's huge. We found his skin multiple times a year when he sheds, and uh, there was this was last year. I walked in there, and I was just walking around, and I walked by the black coil, and I. Just happened to look down because I thought I saw it kind of angled weird. I'm like, that's not, that's not the, <laughs> big black snake. He was sitting like in a circle on the coil of a hose. Oh my, you were talking about like heart attack at age 27 or 28. It was, <laughs> it was pretty bad, I'm not going to lie. So I, uh, I almost got bit by a snake when I was very little, five or six years old, playing in a creek. It actually struck at me. I lifted up a rock, and it struck out of just response, and it missed me. And my dad will tell a story that he's like, I turned around, you were screaming, and you <laughs> flew in the air 10 feet. He swears I flew in the air. And uh, ever since then, I've been kind of traumatized around snakes. So anyway, April and springtime is great for a lot of things. For Watch out for those snakes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh. So, but anyway, that's about everything that I think we wanted to talk about yep. tonight. And hope y'all uh, enjoyed it. We'll be back for another edition next month. We're gonna be back for the next Truman Lake Guide Dinner this yep. weekend on Sunday. Um, so just a lot of fun stuff that that we're doing. You can. Uh, Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Jeff's Facebook page, In the Season Outdoor Guide Service, Truman Lake Fish and Intel, um, and we're going to be putting this out. So if you have questions, topics, comments, leave them, and uh, we'll do our best to get to all of them as much as we can. Yep. So If you like this podcast, share it. Yeah. Share it with your friends. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, until next time, guys, I'm Tyler Mahoney. And I'm Jeff Falkenberry. And we'll see you on the next one.